1: Welcome to the Truthiverse. My name is Brendan D. Murphy. This is where we unleash truth and freedom with no holds barred, no fear, and no limits. Come and evolve beyond the matrix with me, and thrive, not just survive. This is a realm of empowering, uncommon awareness. This is my Truthiverse. Hello and welcome to Truth Averse with your host Brendan D. Murphy. We are on healthylife.net radio and this week I have the pleasure of being joined by David Parker and Dawn Lester who are the authors of What Really Makes You Ill? Without further ado, David and Dawn, thank you so much for joining me. I've been looking forward to chatting with you and welcome to the show. Thank you.
2: Well, Thank you, Brendan. And uh, obviously we're very happy to be here. So uh, thank you for inviting us on.
3: Yeah, thank you.
1: It's my pleasure to have you. Let's get into this. We we don't have any time to waste. So you guys have smashed out a huge tome of research called What Really Makes You Ill. This is about medicine, health, germ theory. What is it that got you into this field of research in the first place, guys? I'd love to know that because you're a working team. I'd also love to know how you joined forces on this, on this battlefield.
2: Okay, I'll keep it brief because uh, uh, we've Uh, Don and I have been working together for about 20 years, we've known another 20 years, but 10 years of that was writing this last book, you know, so it's quite a mammoth uh, undertaking of research to make sure it was right. But we've written a couple of books before this, and uh, the first one was about the nature of reality, so something totally different, it was more a physics science book, only a little book, but we wrote under a pen name then, for various reasons which I won't go into, and we wrote under the pen name of NOR, which stands for The Nature of Reality, because that was the first book that we wrote. And it was during the course of writing that book, there was one of the chapters that we were dealing with about reality, which was about illness and uh, viruses in particular. But we realized, well, we don't know a great deal about viruses, so we needed to do some research. And it was during the research on viruses that we came across, actually, the HIV-AIDS controversy, but at the time... We didn't know there was a controversy. You know, we thought it was sort of done and dusted. And yes, there was a virus caused AIDS and it was making a lot of people ill and dying. And it was a terrible thing. And the media was telling us and the health authorities were telling us that, you know, it's a dreadful pandemic that's going to sweep the world. And it's going to affect uh, heterosexual people as well as homosexual. And tens of millions will die worldwide. And obviously, at the time, I mean, we're old enough to know we were there in the 80s and scared everyone to death you know we thought i'll never be able to have sex again you know this is awful what's going to happen well of course none of that came to pass of course and uh, that was our first one of the wake-up calls we realized the media and the authorities were apt to tell you a pack of nonsense you know but we had to start looking into it and and that was what we first started looking into well what what the hell is going off with this hiv aids and we we spent a lot of time uh, researching it, spoke to a lot of people, one of which was David Crow, who you interviewed recently, who sadly is no longer with us. And many people within the sort of HIV AIDS community who were some sufferers and some trying to find out what was going on. And we went to various meetings, met people, talked to doctors. And soon information started to become clear that, again, kind of long story short, there was no virus. It had never been proved that there was a virus that caused AIDS. And it was quite easy to see, when, once we'd done the research, that it was a bad lifestyle in the San Francisco area. I won't go into details because you've probably covered it all before. But it was quite easy to see that it was a lifestyle. And I don't mean because these were homosexual men. It's nothing to do with that side of the lifestyle. It was to do with the sort of recreational drug use and heavy use of antibiotics. And then eventually, them being treated with AZT, which actually started out as a chemotherapy drug, but it's highly toxic. And as we found, at the dose rate that people were being given, it killed everyone. I mean, everyone died who was given those initial doses, which the authorities tend to keep quiet about, but the information is there. Uh, so they then started to reduce the dose, obviously, but that just meant that people lived a bit longer before they died. So so that that was our wake-up call that things were not as they should be within the medical field. And uh, we, we were shocked, absolutely shocked by it. So that's what kicked us off. We thought we need to look into this. And if they can be so wrong about HIV-AIDS, then what else are they wrong about? And the rabbit hole just got deeper and deeper. And uh, we had no idea it was going to take 10 years (laughs) to to really put all the information together. So, but Don and I have both had technical backgrounds, which are not in the medical establishment. But as we found, because we have technical backgrounds, uh, mine's in electrical engineering, but we knew how to follow the evidence. We knew how to be precise, follow the details and search out the evidence, take nothing for granted and double check, treble check, any information we found, you know, not single source of anything, and that that was the criteria we used. And uh, unlike doctors, uh, who and we've talked to a number of them about their medical training, and they admit that you know they they have to learn by rote, if you like, their whatever the curriculum is, for the five years, four or five years they spend, they don't really get to question it. So if they're told, well, this virus causes that disease, that bacteria causes that disease. And if people have got that, this is the medicine that you give them. And they're not allowed to question it and uh, not if they want to pass their exam, you know, so they just take it on board that that's all been researched for them beforehand and that everything they're told is true. And of course, we believe that too, as everyone does, because that's what you are taught in school. Vaccinations are good. Doctors know what they're doing. It's all based on science. And as we say, nothing could be further from the truth. And the more we looked into it, the more we realized we had to go right back to square one, right back to the germ theory, Louis Pasteur, and to find out where this came from. And and was it true? And we found out, no, I mean, it's still called the germ theory, i.e. theory, unproven. And it is unproven, and still to this day. But it's the keystone of the whole medical establishment. So once you take the germ theory away from them, they've got nothing. And of course, there's such big money in it now with the pharmaceutical companies. I mean, they make billions every year with uh, not only the medicines, but the vaccinations that they put out. So there's, you know, big money behind this. And uh, that's why it's difficult to break through it and get the truth out there. And as we found, the pharmaceutical companies either own wholly or substantially the medical training schools. And they employ the lecturers that are in those training schools. So you can see how this becomes a self perpetuating, well, it's, it's not science. It's just dogma yeah. and you, you can see how it all works. And of course this, the people behind the big pharmaceutical companies. Um, We're going to end up getting into uh, more politics now. But, you know, there is a cabal of people that uh, really run the world. And I I think probably you've talked about this on some of your shows. You know, some of these large families, whether it's the Rockefellers or the Rothschilds and others, hugely wealthy families, who own the entire banking system. I'm talking about the central banks down, Federal Reserve and the Bank of England and, and others. And so they control companies and they control countries. And so they own the media, so they can control what people get to hear about anything. And of course, they control the medical education of doctors. Mm -hmm. So we weren't trying to say that uh, all doctors are evil people and are just lying to the public. They're they're just doing what they're trained. You know, they're just doing what they're trained to do. And and many doctors are as shocked as anyone else when someone like us comes along and said, "Well, have a look at this. You know, where's the where's the proof that this virus, any virus?" is the cause of the disease and as you probably know there's one or two doctors are actually speaking out now about it you know Tom Cowan and Andrew Kaufman and in the UK there's a Dr. Adil who's a pediatric surgeon but of course they in Dr. Adil's case in the UK is the only you know and he's been a surgeon in the NHS for over 30 years so he's a well-qualified man but he knows that this coronavirus thing is a load of nonsense and all these uh, social measures that are taken. And uh, he's spoken out of, about it and was immediately suspended from uh, practicing, of course, because uh, that's what they do. Because <laughs> someone says, oh, hold on a minute, there's a problem here is they, they get jumped up from a great height, which discourages everyone else, of course, from saying anything. Everyone yeah. wants to uh, examine their wallets and their lifestyle and their big cars and all the rest of it. And there's a certain amount of understanding with that, I, I can understand to a certain extent but the, the situation is so serious now because of uh, the whole world really has been shut down and it's causing terrible problems all based on which is a lie and I'm sure that these doctors around the world if they got together en masse or, or just even large numbers of them and demanded the truth of the governments and said to them, simple question where is the Proof. Where, where are the peer reviewed papers that prove this particular virus is the actual cause of the disease that you're telling us it causes? And there's, there's, it's very easy that, you know, there's, there's just three fundamental stages to go through to prove something like this. You know, first they have to purify the so-called virus and then they have to fully categorize it and list its DNA and its full makeup. And then they have to take that purified virus, and this is the tricky bit, they introduce it to a healthy person, and that person should develop the disease. And they've never done any of that. Now, people will say, oh, yes, but we've seen some papers on the internet that say the the virus has been isolated. Well, it's when you look at those papers, and doctors have as well as us, that's not true. We found out there's what we call weasel words (laughs) that the medical establishment use which don't mean the same as what we think they mean. So when they say isolated, when you look at what they've actually done, they haven't isolated anything at all. They've got a bit of a concoction in a test tube, but it's a mixture of various bits and pieces. Um, It's not the isolated virus. It's not a purified virus, which should be only the virus particles. And they have never done that. For any virus, which is what we found, they've never done it for any virus. And they've never done the other two stages either. So again, we say there is no proof that any virus causes any disease. And uh, that includes this coronavirus. So having seen that there is no proof for it, people quite rightly say, well, so w- what's going off? Well, it's quite obvious there's uh, another agenda behind this. And uh, with particularly with all the social control measures that uh, have been putting down with social distancing and wearing masks and not seeing your relatives or only standing, you know, you can't see them for more than 15 minutes or is, you know, all of those things can be taken apart and have been taken apart by not only by us, but by other scientists and doctors and are shown to be complete nonsense. Even if a virus did exist, you know, the masks in particular, you know, it's easy to see that the mesh size of the masks are measured in micrometers and viral particles are measured in nanometers. a nanometer is a thousand times smaller than a micrometer so even if there were some viruses floating around they'd go straight through the mask anyway and as someone pointed out they're so tiny they could go in through your eyes you know so they can enter into the bloodstream through your eyes so the masks are a complete nonsense even even if there was a virus around which there isn't you know so we always say look let's let's go back to first stages and let's See if anyone can prove that the virus actually exists. And uh, and unless you can, then just forget about everything else. Forget about your social distances, mask wearing, because if there's no virus provable, then what are we doing? And we've done all that, and and others have done all that. Other doctors as well have done this. But of course, the mainstream media is in this sort of vice-like grip of this cabal that I mentioned earlier, who do have this hidden agenda, which uh, I'm sure many of your listeners know, it's uh, for a one-world government. Mm -hmm. You know, this is their dream, one-world government, so there'll be no sovereign nations, there'll be no individual governments, there'll be just one government, unelected, and it will be them, of course, so that they have complete control of all countries, all resources, and all the people, which is the sort of scary thing, Mm -hmm. because they believe as well, as I'm sure you know, uh, there are far too many people in the world you know, I'm thinking of the Georgia Stones that people will know about where it says they want the uh, 500 million. You know, so what's that about? A 98% reduction in the world population, you know. Scary stuff. If that's really what they plan to do. And some some people have suggested maybe one of the ways they're going to do this is with this new vaccine, which uh, is going to be coming down the line, yeah. uh, purportedly to uh, protect us all against uh, coronavirus. Mm. But... In our book, we obviously would dismantle the whole vaccine nonsense as well, right back from when it was its first inception, right up to present day. And again, looking at the science, and there is, again, no evidence that vaccines of any sort confer immunity. Mm. So, but they do. There's lots of evidence that shows that they caused a lot of harm, you know, either to the point of killing people. So... There's no reason to suspect that uh, any new vaccine is going to be any different. I know there are certain people that campaign for what they call safe vaccines, but there is actually no such thing. And when you look at the additives, or as they like to call them, adjuvants adju- adju- that they put into vaccines, it's hardly surprising that they cause harm. You know, you've got mercury and aluminium and formaldehyde and all sorts of, well, actually interestingly for vegan, because all vaccines have got a uh, serum in there so blood serum which is taken from cattle so if you're a vegan then you should have at least on ethical grounds an objection to any vaccine because no vegan wants animal products in their bodies they don't eat them and they certainly don't want them injected into their bloodstream mm. so something probably many people are not aware of uh, they, they should be able to object to it on that and uh, Ordinary people may want to inject it as well, and it's a pretty disgusting thing to be injecting uh, all that uh, nonsense into people's bloodstreams. So, so we investigated that, and I think it's worth saying that our research, what we did, because it's so difficult now with the internet to research anything of any importance, and certainly over this last six months, I think anyone who uses the internet for research will realise that the censorship has become more intense so that if you're using a normal search engines, you'll never get to the truth about anything. You'll only ever get the mainstream view of things. Mm. So unless you know specifically where to look or who to look at or what books to find or what papers to find, you'll never get to the truth. So it's become even more difficult now. Mm. But unfortunately, there are some pundits out there which are just doing an hour two's research on the internet and coming up with some nonsense from somewhere and and then assuming that uh, all the doctors and scientists say that we quote over the last 150 years uh, and all the publications and books that they've written over the last 150 years to which backs up what we say and that's they're all referenced in our book there's 40 pages of references in our book But these people who just look at uh, an hour or two on the internet I think that they can just rubbish all that and go, well, you know, there's a paper here that says, you know, everything you say is untrue. And I say, well, we'll put our 10 years of solid research against your two hours on the internet and let's see where we go.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. Go on.
3: The thing is that we, we've asked questions uh, or we kept asking ourselves questions, you know, because of the way we approached the book of, okay, well, if you know, HIV doesn't um, cause anything if, if there's, there isn't a virus for that. W- what about this disease? What about that? What if? How, how about that? So we just kept asking the questions and and even looked at you know animal diseases. So you know, well, how does this work for animal diseases that are supposed to be caused by viruses? So we just we just kept digging and asking questions. But because we don't have the kind of medical dogma behind us. We were able to ask questions that probably doctors wouldn't necessarily think of because they're just taught in a certain way. They've got that information behind them that they feel is, you know, justified by decades of research and science, but we weren't hampered by that. So we just, we w- could just keep asking questions and keep looking for something that supported the med- medical establishment view. And what amazed us is that if you look carefully enough at enough of the uh, information that they put out they actually contradict themselves and that's one of the things that we kind of highlight that you know this this document says that and you know here's another document or or a study paper that says something different you know they some of the claims are that the medical establishment knows x y z you know they put forth information as if it's known, solid, and then in a study paper that's you know two or three years old, they say, well the you know that there's still a lot that's unknown or there are knowledge gaps or further study is required on this particular subject. So, you know, they don't know everything and what they're putting out is not based on absolutely one hundred percent solid evidence based science and and so you know that helps us to really say hang on there really is something not quite right and uh, we just kept asking questions kept digging kept looking and you know that's really what we've put together you know it's not just about the germ theory it's uh, we even cover chronic diseases so non infectious non well so-called non-infectious diseases so you know it's it, it 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 kept us, you know, kind of digging and researching and and asking and looking and uh, we tested, that's why it's 800 pages. Yeah,
2: we tested our hypothesis uh, constantly, you mm. know, and uh, we even went back in history, you know, for anyone who's got the book, you know, we went back in history and looked at things, because we often asked about it, uh, the uh, Black Death, you know, that sort of swept the world. We thought, oh, so again, with our usual, well, oh, what if, you know, what, what happened there then? You know, this was supposed to be a Deadly disease uh, spread by rat fleas. This is what we were taught at school, you know, uh, spread by rat fleas that uh, sort of swept through Europe, certainly, and killed millions of people, millions of people. So let's have a look at that.
1: So, yeah. <laughs> if and, I uh, can if I can actually, Dave, uh, David, I'm going to jump in there. I want you to hold that thought and we're going to come back to it. We have to cut to a break quickly. Uh, thank you so much, guys. We are talking with David Parker and Dawn Lester about their book and monumental research into health and illness, Uh, this is Brendan D. Murphy. We're on HealthyLife.net Radio. We'll be back after this short break.
0: Get ready to work smarter, not harder. Brendan D. Murphy's ebook, The Pocket Guide to Affiliate Marketing, does just that and shows you the possibilities of how to maximize profit to put in your pocket. The Pocket Guide to Affiliate Marketing shows you the ins and outs to discover how to leverage the system, tools, and automation to make passive income while you enjoy the lighter side of life. Get The Pocket Guide to Affiliate Marketing at brendandmurphycom pocket. That's brendandmurphycom slash pocket. You have too little time to shop, so try Farm Fresh to you. They deliver organic food the way nature intended, delivered straight to your home or office, economically. Visit our web advertiser page and click on Farm Fresh to you now. The Grand Illusion is the book that can prove consciousness is at the root of creation. It strips away the veil of materialism and heals the division between science and spirituality. It provides a new intelligent foundation and direction for civilization to take in the 21st century and beyond. Personally, get ready to go to your next level on multiple counts, as The Grand Illusion by Brendan D. Murphy illuminates the truth so you can be part of the solution for a better, happier world. Get your copy now at brendandmurphy.com TGI. Audiobooks gives you instant access to over 50,000 of the best sellers and hottest book titles in romance, mystery, fiction, and many other genres. Just visit healthylife.net's advertiser page and click on Audiobooks to get started. You have options. Even if the economy is down, you can help protect yourself with multiple revenue streams to help you through these fast-changing times and beyond. If you're serious about exploring your options, then head to brendandmurphy.com slash future to check out the free training session. You can start adapting your future and learn to set up a fully functional affiliate marketing ad campaign step-by-step. You can learn how to use social media to make a living. So start by going to brendandmurphy.com slash future. More exhilarating talk,
3: HealthyLife.net.
1: Welcome back to Truth Averse with Brendan D. Murphy. We are on HealthyLife.net radio talking to David Parker and Dawn Lester about health and illness. And David was mid-thought, mid-sentence. He was going back in time to the Black Death. Please pick up that thread for us, David.
2: Yeah, sure. As I said, because we wanted to test the hypothesis, our hypothesis that was becoming apparent to us that germs of any description don't cause disease. So we, we wanted to see if we could catch ourselves out, if you like, and look at the most bizarre things in any period of history, whether it was in animals or humans. So yeah, one of the things we, we looked at was the Black Death, because that's way back in history, supposed to have killed millions. And as we were taught in school, spread by infected rat fleas. So we, we looked at that. And again, quite a lot of research went into that. So I went for everyone with all the details. But the interesting points that we found, we found that there was a professor in an Irish university called Professor Mike Bailey, who was a dendrochronologist. You know, So he studied tree rings. And he, because trees live very long lives, some trees live thousands of years. So he was able to go back in time and look at various tree rings from around the world, back to the time of the Black Death, to see what was going off, what was the atmosphere was like. And he found that uh, the tree rings, all of them corroborated that there was an extremely, in that period, an extremely toxic atmosphere. I mean, really toxic, you know, high levels of ammonia and various other toxic gases. We'll talk about where they might have come from in a minute. But the atmosphere was so poisonous that it was killing people, people dropping down dead in the street. These are from eyewitness accounts. He looked at the eyewitness accounts of people who were actually living at that time. So it wasn't like we think of as a normal illness. You know, there's a you start to feel a bit unwell, there's an incubation period, you get worse, and then you either get better or you die. Uh, But people were just dropping down dead in the street. You know, they're okay one minute and then died. But there's also reports that the atmosphere was really thick and stinking and choking. You know, these are eyewitness reports. And again, eyewitness reports that the rivers and lakes had become toxic and the shoals of fish were floating to the surface dead. Of course, none of these things fit in with uh, rat fleas, (laughs) particularly fish fish in lakes and rivers. So, you know, we thought, okay, we're onto something here. There's uh, something formal uh, going on. And he carried, he thought the same and he carried on his, his research and uh, he started to correlate tree rings with ice core samples to see what they said about the atmosphere. And sure enough, they correlated that the atmosphere had become extremely toxic for some reason. So again, cutting a long story short, looked at what was going off around and there was a high incidence of uh, volcanic eruptions, earthquakes and even a comet <laughs> passing enclosed in, in the Earth's atmosphere. And all of these things coincided, and all of them, as we know, when you get the Earth opening up with vol- volcanic eruptions and earthquakes, all sorts of gases and noxious materials get released. So a combination of all these things at this particular time is a much more likely cause of this heavily toxic atmosphere that was actually causing people to die in such a widespread area very quickly. And, of course, various other things have been, you know, which obviously it's quite obvious that none of that could be anything to do with rat fleas and because because the uh, rats uh, rat fleas were also su- supposed to kill the rats present day archaeologists have searched particularly in London in excavations that they've done to see whether there was had been lots of die offs of rats you know they would have expected to be able to find clusters of dead rats in large numbers and they're not there so again, there was no die-off of rats. So again, you know, the whole story of uh, rat infected rat fleas uh, starts to look more of a nonsense. And the much more plausible reasons are this noxic uh, atmosphere, which is supported by ice cores, tree rings and eyewitness accounts. So we do talk about all that in our book. So that was quite a, a big change to history from what we've been taught. And we also looked at animal diseases to see whether... Uh, sort of theories uh, held true with, well, what makes animals ill then? You know, if we're, <laughs> it's looking more and more like it's nothing to do with germs that make uh humans ill. So uh, what is it that makes animals ill? And uh, in the UK, uh, people may remember uh, some years ago, we had a big thing with uh, what became known as mad cow disease. And uh, there was tens of thousands of cattle slaughtered because uh They were supposed to be infected by something which uh, seemingly only affected the UK for some mysterious reason. And uh, the government was uh, slaughtering people's herds all over the place. Anyway, we decided to look into that and see if there was some other reason other than a germ to see what could be causing this. Again, kind of a long story short, we found that the ministry in the UK, one of the rules that they put forward for farmers of dipping their cattle in a particular substance, which was supposed to protect them from warble fly. Okay. Which apparently sort of bores into the hides of cows and doesn't kill the cow or anything, but it makes their hides less valuable if it's got holes in it. <laughs> okay. So that's where it started. So they decided that farmers had to dip their cattle in this cow dip, which when we looked at it was organoph- organophosphates. But it was not so much just that it was organophosphates, but it was the strength of the organophosphates, which it was at least four times stronger than used anywhere else in the world. Well, these organophosphates are a neurotoxin, and because it was all spread all over the spinal cords of the cows, it was penetrating into the skin and into their nervous system, and apparently the cows looked like they'd gone mad because they were totally out of control And it would kill them. But, of course, the ministry and government wouldn't want to admit that actually it's all their fault. So it had to be a germ, of course, of some sort. And, you know, and then they had to kill all these people's cattle so to prevent the germ spreading elsewhere. But again, complete load of nonsense, not substantiated by the mainstream view of things and certainly nothing to do with the germ. It was due to chemical poisoning of the cattle, pure and simple. And we we looked at others, you know, whether it was nexomatosis in rabbits, but wherever we went, and these are all described in detail in the book, so uh, I won't bore everyone with them now, but I'm trying to give the impression that we we look far and wide, not only in all the different diseases that uh, so-called humans are affected with, but animals as well, both in past history and present day, to see whether the same theory, uh, our theory, that nothing to do with germs, to see whether it held up, and it did. You know, no, at no time did we find any instance where a germ of some sort could be blamed and proved. Well, I won't say blamed because the medical establishment always blame a germ. <laughs> you blame but, them whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, they couldn't prove it, and that's that's the important thing. Nowhere could they prove it, and that's exactly the same today. And I'd, I'd just like to, on the back of our book, I'd like to, because I'd like to just illustrate how the medical establishment has not improved uh, at all, even though they have much more technology now, but their basic concepts have not improved at all, and they're still... On the back of our book, we, we give a quote from Voltaire, which, and he was sort of operating in the 1700s, so we're going back a good few hundred years, and he said, very intelligent man, Voltaire, he said, Doctors are men who prescribe medicines of which they know little to cure diseases of which they know less, in human beings of whom they know nothing
1: <laughs> yeah that is i have to say david i have to stop you there please i want to pick this thread up again that is one of my favorite all-time quotes about medicine we will go to a quick break ladies and gents this is truth of verse with brendan d murphy and our special guest this week dawn lester and david parker talking about health and illness we'll be back after this break don't go away
0: There's a master class in self-evolution called Evolve Yourself. It helps you become the best version of yourself and even goes beyond your expectations. Once activated, Evolve Yourself continues to guide and mold you on your path towards enlightenment automatically, like it's on autopilot. Imagine spiritual growth and healing as you are made aware of a simple method to trigger a massive mind-body-spirit upgrade. It's easy to begin your transformation process. Watch the free online masterclass at EvolveYourself.live. Evolve Yourself.
2: For the best in business class travel, count on Cheapo Air. Cheapo Air has the best price guarantee, 24-7 customer service, and easy booking online or by phone. To experience your hassle-free journey, start by going to HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Cheapo
0: Air. Looking for an online business? Well, look no further. On BrendanDMurphy.com, you can join the Affiliate Institute. You'll get the skill set and core tools you need to help you be a successful online entrepreneur. It's taught by some of the best people in the business like Cameron George. But what's even better, you can earn as you learn. Only the Affiliate Institute teaches you what to do and provides you amazing high-ticket offers that you can immediately sell. So start your online business today by going to brendandmurphy.com slash playbook. Constant Contact and your small business make a perfect fit for marketing. They give you what you need to succeed. Fast and easy email marketing at your fingertips. Visit the HealthyLife.net advertiser page and click on Constant Contact to start your marketing. Have you heard about electrolyzed water? You know water is the foundation of life and in these times you want to keep your immune system strong and robust. That's where electrolyzed water may help. It's hydrogen-rich with lots of antioxidants, so it may help you stay hydrated, maintain great health, and boost your energy, too. This technology is made by an industry-leading Japanese company that has been going strong for 45 years. Change your water, change your life at brendandmurphy.com slash kangen, spelled K-A-N-G-E-N. You're listening to CHSR, Real Radio on the Web.
1: Welcome back to Truthiverse, ladies and gents. I'm your host, Brendan D. Murphy, and this week we are on HealthyLife.net radio talking to David Parker and Dawn Lester. And we were just going back in time a little bit to a quote by Voltaire, which is one of my all-time favorites. David, if you were mid-thought when I interrupted you there. Please, please continue. And Dawn, uh, let's, let's hear you jump in while he's at it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll just finish off the little story there. Okay. Cause there's, I just wanted to show the time period from when Voltaire made that quote sort of in the 1700s and then jump forward to the 1900s. Okay. And the tale of, and people could look this up. Maybe they can still find it on the internet of a typhoid Mary. Okay. Now this is quite an interesting story. And we're looking now at 1907 when in New York, America, there was typhoid was still around and there was a typhoid outbreak at the time. And this unfortunate lady, who was a, a sort of a housekeeper in the houses uh, at that time, part of her job made her where she sort of came into contact with people who had typhoid. Okay? But she never got it. She never became ill. So the authorities, the medical authorities and the legal system, decided there must be something peculiar about her because she wasn't becoming ill. So they sort of invented the idea that uh, people can be carriers, of a disease, but not actually heal themselves. And so this poor unfortunate typhoid Mary, did they decided that she was obviously a public menace because she was healthy, and they put her in prison. Well, they put her in a special hospital. Basically, it was a prison because she was in solitary confinement, and, and that was it, for being healthy. But they kept her there for the rest of her life which was another 30 years and she died there so we're looking at coming right up to about the 1940 so we, we're just we're still within living memory and yet the medical establishment had got this poor unfortunate woman locked away in solitary confinement because she was healthy okay bear that in mind as we jump ahead to today to present times and what are the medical establishment doing and the authorities oh they're isolating healthy people in their homes. <laughs> so we've got healthy people, no signs of any illness, but now you've got to be isolated in your home. OK, so you're not going into a prison or some isolation ward, but they're isolating healthy people all around the world. So I just wanted people to think about that. And that's over a period from 1700 to you know, the 21st century. And they're still doing the same stupid things with the same stupid unscientific reasons.
3: Yep, they, but they, just, are. they just give them the label of asymptomatic carrier. But you know, I mean, I, I think, I think it was David Crow who actually gave the best definition of, you know, asymptomatic carrier and said, well, that's a healthy person, <laughs> you know, as David was saying, because the fact that they, well, even if they'd um, had a test which showed positive and apparently means that they've, well, it, People believe that it means that they've got a virus or bacterium, but it isn't because the tests don't actually detect the presence of a virus. It's only the presence of antibodies yeah. and the antibodies are said or claimed, or antibodies are just proteins, but they're claimed to be specific to a virus. But unless the virus has been isolated, purified in the first place, which they haven't, then how can they say that a particular protein is specific to a particular virus? I mean, this, again, goes back to the HIV thing, that certain proteins were, were claimed to be specific to the HIV, well, to the virus, and many people, and I, I think um, uh, Dr. Henry Bowles is one of um, many who said that those particular proteins are, are not relevant to HIV they're, or they're not specific to HIV. They're not even specific to disease. So they're finding proteins thinking they're specific to some kind of ill health condition, but they're not. Some of them are, are just natural in the body, which, again, ties back, back to the Voltaire quote that, well, I say doctors, but the the medical system doesn't understand the living human body. They they think they understand parts of the body, but they are looking at bits and pieces, mainly extracts and dead tissues or whatever, or sometimes living tissues, but they're not looking at, or whatever they're looking at is not in its natural environment, in other words, in a living, intact human organism. Yeah. And there are plenty of scientists that are now recognising that what's, look, what's seen in these laboratory experiments Uh, very little relevance to the actual actions within a living human body. So again, this is, this is where Voltaire's quote is, you know, still relevant. Mm. I I mean, you know, doctors, yeah, there, there is, you know, there is some information that they know about certain things, you know, through their technology, you know, they know certain, they know more details about anatomy. They know more about the bits and pieces of the human body, but rarely, if ever, is it study as a whole. Organism.
0: Yeah,
2: they don't understand that the that the body is a self-regulating organism, as as mm. Don has said. They just don't understand that. Again, as as Voltaire knew all those centuries ago. They don't even understand what they call immunity. And I think it may be worth just mentioning mentioning something about that as well, because there's lots of talk about uh, the body's immune system, and that if you take this, it'll boost your immune system, and the whole basis of vaccination of course is based on a vaccine can boost your immune system well the body and this may be surprising to people it was to us when we came across it but the body doesn't actually have an immune system so it has a health system but that's not the same thing there is nothing that you can actually do to the body that will sort of boost its system up to in the way that they think a vaccine can yeah the body just doesn't work like that it has a healthy system, which we can go into as to how you have a healthy system, and that's based on the stuff that you put in and on it, in particular nutrients. But we can, we can talk about food and the necessity of nutrients later if you wish. But that, that's just another example of how the medical system does not understand what the human body is. So again, Voltaire was absolutely correct, and there. Nonsense that they put out is is obviously having very dire consequences now.
1: Yeah, that's right. The the it's the germ theory is. <laughs> you're right, David. Germ theory. Yeah, is, it's just the
3: and that noise outside. Yes.
1: Oh no problem. No problem. Yes. I will just say, um, yes. it is the most enabling dogma is this germ theory that the the most enabling of fascism and medical fascism, medical tyranny is this idea that there are these things flying around out there, so-called viruses that. They're getting if they get into us, you know, we're going to be in deep trouble, and we've got to do all take all these precautions and measures measures against them. And yet, as you say, and as my studies in this subject confirm, no one's ever proved any of this stuff whatsoever. I mean, not a shred of it. And this field is marred, virology is marred from the beginning with junk, fraudulent science. And you know, go back to AIDS as you guys have done. Robert Gallo's fraudulent papers are still cited all around the world. They're among the most cited papers on the planet. And it's fraud. It's garbage. And it was proven as fraud through five, five separate investigations. And we're still pointing people, students, med students to this stuff going, this is the proof that HIV virus caused AIDS. No, he made it up. It's it's a lie. I'll get off my soapbox for a second because we've got to go to a quick break and I'll bring you guys back in just a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Truth Verse with Brendan D. Murphy and our special guests, David Parker and Dawn Lester talking about health and disease and the sham of viruses. We are on healthylife.net radio. We'll go to a quick break and be right back. Don't go away.
0: You can help reset and optimize your metabolism and help turn your fat into fuel. Want something that can help you do just that in just 10 days? Then you need to try the 10-Day Ketone Challenge. It may even trigger cell repair and regeneration that may help to slow down the aging process. With the 10-Day Ketone Challenge, there's no meal planning or long-term commitments. Go to brendandmurphy.com challenge and jump right in. brendandmurphy.com challenge. If you want USA and worldwide car rentals, choose Rentacar.com. Free cancellations on most bookings, no hidden charges. They are trusted by over 4 million customers. Visit our advertiser page and click on the Rentacar car banner. The truth and nothing but the truth, but it's spelled T-R-O-O-T-H. Truth is a new social media network that elucidates the censored information that Facebook and search engines have suppressed and don't want you to see. Created by Brendan D. Murphy, it's a platform run by Truth Seekers for Truth Seekers, a place where freedom of speech is protected as the highest value. Connect with a community of fellow Truth Seekers. Visit brendandmurphy.com slash truth. Truth can set you free. It's spelled troth. This is Jack Maher from the band Feed the Kitty. It's important to support the artists you love, and you can do that and
2: get something authentic for yourself. Rock.com has the most coveted, licensed merchandise of music, culture, and entertainment. So go to the advertiser page and
0: click on rock.com now. Get ready to work smarter, not harder. Brendan D Murphy's ebook, The Pocket Guide to Affiliate Marketing, does just that and shows you the possibilities of how to maximize profit to put in your pocket. The Pocket Guide to Affiliate Marketing shows you the ins and outs to discover how to leverage the system, tools and automation to make passive income while you enjoy the lighter side of life. Get The Pocket Guide to Affiliate Marketing at brendandmurphy.com/pocket. That's slash pocket HealthyLife.net, where positive overcomes negative.
1: Welcome back to Truthverse. I'm your host, Brendan D. Murphy, and we are talking to David Parker and Dawn Lester this week on HealthyLife.net radio. David, before I jumped into the ad break, where are you going to take us?
2: Well, I was going to take as... Because I think it's worth mentioning, we've talked a lot about viruses, of course, but we've not talked much about bacteria, which are worth talking about, because unlike viruses, I don't even like to use the name because it, it, it's, it's such a loaded term. Everyone mm. thinks that there's these little live things that are circulating around through the air and people's blood, and they, then they're attacking people. Mm. Well, let me just disabuse people of that. You know, these particles... Even by their own admission, the medical system has to admit they are not alive. You know, they are just particles which are found in the blood and are extremely tiny. We can talk about what they actually are, but they have to admit they're not alive. So how they can attribute so much to something that's not alive, has never been alive, is beyond me. But bacteria are living things, and there's trillions of them in the human body and on the human body and everywhere, uh, and they're very necessary for life. Without them, there'd be no life on earth, you know. But they're they're there for a very good reason in the human body, as the same in nature. They're there uh, to take care of decomposition, to put it in simple terms. And they're in the human body. They're the cleanup system, the true cleanup system, for dead and, decay, dead and decaying matter particles human cells human cells sort of disintegrate <laughs> die and disintegrate in their hundreds of thousands probably millions every day and this is part of a normal process now obviously though those cells uh, cell debris has got to be cleared out of the body and this is the job of bacteria within the blood and this is what they do they eat up and clear that out of the body. Now, going back to the first mistake that they made back in Pasteur's day with the optical microscope when they were trying to decide how illness came around, what made people ill, and with their optical microscopes in the day, they could see bacteria in the blood. And whenever they saw dead and dying tissue in a diseased body, they would see bacteria clustered around that dead and dying tissue. And they made the fundamental mistake of thinking, what are the bacteria that's caused that? Yeah. They didn't realize that, uh, no, they are doing their job, which is clearing it up and digesting this dead and dying tissue yeah. the same way as they do in nature, the same way as they do in sewage plants around the world, the same ways they do with oil spills in the ocean. They use bacteria to break it down that's- That's their job and they're very good at it. But no, they got blamed for actually causing the disease and that's still part of the germs they're eating today. And the medical establishment, the pharmaceutical companies have jumped on that bandwagon and offer all sorts of lotions and potions to kill bacteria. Okay. So I, I just wanted to make that point clear really about bacteria that they're actually the friend of the body and it's necessary that they're there. They don't cause disease and without them, We'd be dead. We'd, be, we'd even within our stomach. I mean, someone had estimated there's something like a pound and a half of bacteria in our guts, you know, which aids with the digestion. Without it, we wouldn't be able to digest our food. So they're extremely important, and not the causes of disease.
3: And the I, reason I, they're found on diseased tissue is because of that actual their their purpose in the body, and that's why there are more of them um, in uh, that are found in diseased tissues but the other thing is the interesting part is you know the pleomorphic nature of bacteria which is why you see what are seen as different forms of bacteria but that's only because they are transforming into different forms depending on the actual environment so they change their form according to the environment they're in that's why you'll see certain bacteria in certain types of uh, diseased tissue and one of the reasons for the increase in bacteria in diseased tissues is not that the bacteria cause it. They're the cleanup agents, mm-hmm. as David said. But the cause of the diseased tissue is uh, due to some kind of toxin or n- non-nutritious foods or or those sorts of things so tissues are are poisoned if you like by either chemicals or you know electromagnetic uh, fields and those sorts of things so the the tissue or the cells are diseased because of an external factor and it's the bacteria that help to clear that away so that's why sometimes there are more dead and dying cells in the body so that's why there's a kind of an increase of bacteria at a particular site. It's so, logical when you so, you know makes sense when you look at it that way.
2: I mean, we we've used the analogy, and I know others have too. Is uh, blaming bacteria for causing the disease because you see them clustered around dying cells is the same as blaming firemen for causing house fires because whenever you see a house fire, there's a load of firemen around mm-hmm. it. You know, it's the, the analogy holds true. You know, you're blaming the wrong people, folks. You know, that's right.
1: Uh, okay. But it, what caused the house fire?
2: Yeah. But, of course, it's it's the medical establishment and particularly the pharmaceutical companies, uh, the whole basis of their huge amounts of money that they make is all based on keeping that theory going, as I say, because without it, they have nothing. And, uh, you know, our book shows that quite clearly. That's why it's so big. We've looked at so many cases to show that uh, that's the case. And then, of course, we show the reasons uh, as to why... This has come about not only through the lack of proper education for doctors but the indoctrination of the whole public mm. really to believe uh, to believe in the medical establishment, and not least of which is the huge sums of money that are invested in keeping this false paradigm going mm. and it all knits together and why we're in the sad state that we are in today in the world with this the biggest lie they've ever perpetrated on the world public with this uh, fictitious virus. And uh, it's unfortunate that there are some people out there now who really ought to know better, so-called professionals that are speaking. I'm thinking particularly of Judy Mikovich in this particular instance, Mm. who is a a, a virologist. Mm. Now, you know, virology is, as, as Dr. Stefan Lanker said, you know, it's a redundant defunct science there's no science to it at all Mm. and uh, why he refuses to be called a virologist anymore even though he was trained to be one yeah but judy mikovic is still a virologist now we sort of get mixed messages from her on a world stage because she's on the one hand saying viruses exist and cause illness because that's her job but she's saying that the coronavirus doesn't exist which is quite a strange place for her to be in, really. So mixed messages coming out, which is totally confusing. And we've got another Irish lady. uh, I think her name is Dolores Cahill. Dolores Cahill, who's certainly on the world stage over in uh, the UK, Ireland and UK. Now, she's uh, a biologist, I think. She's a professor. Now, again, she still believes in viruses and germs, basically, but is saying that, uh, but she believes in the coronavirus, but that it's not actually dangerous. <laughs> so, and this is what she's putting. So you see, you can understand why the general public gets so confused when you've got yeah. mainstream speakers like this who are getting airplay and are going to rallies and giving out these mixed messages. So people don't know where they are, and it's really bad news.
1: It is, and it, it's sort of funny in a way. These professionals. They seem to be the most confused people out of everybody somehow, and certainly they're the last to find out when the uh, paradigm changes, you know, they'll be standing there all alone wondering where everybody's gone. So I'm going to take us into a quick ad break. This is Truth and Verse with Brendan D. Murphy. I'm joined this week by David Parker and Dawn Lester. We're on HealthyLife.net radio.
0: The truth and nothing but the truth, but it's spelled T-R-O-O-T-H. Truth is a new social media network that elucidates the censored information that Facebook and search engines have suppressed and don't want you to see. Created by Brendan D. Murphy, it's a platform run by truth seekers for truth seekers, a place where freedom of speech is protected as the highest value. Connect with a community of fellow truth seekers. Visit brendandmurphy.com slash truth. Truth can set you free. It's spelled T-R-O-O-T-H. You have too little time to shop, so try Farm Fresh to you. They deliver organic food the way nature intended, delivered straight to your home or office, economically. Visit our web advertiser page and click on Farm Fresh to you now. Have you heard about electrolyzed water? You know water is the foundation of life, and in these times you want to keep your immune system strong and robust. That's where electrolyzed water may help. It's hydrogen-rich with lots of antioxidants, so it may help you stay hydrated, maintain great health, and boost your energy too. This technology is made by an industry-leading Japanese company that has been going strong for 45 years. Change your water, change your life at brendandmurphy.com slash kangen, spelled K-A-N-G-E-N.
3: Roku is like having your own video library with over 300,000 choices, and it's the best way to get Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, and so much more. There's a Roku player for every budget, so go to HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on the Roku banner.
0: You can help reset and optimize your metabolism and help turn your fat into fuel. Want something that can help you do just that in just 10 days? Then you need to try the 10-Day Ketone Challenge. It may even trigger cell repair and regeneration that may help to slow down the aging process. With the 10-Day Ketone Challenge, there's no meal planning or long-term commitments. Go to brendandmurphy.com slash challenge and jump right in. brendandmurphy.com slash challenge. Eclectic Talk with a Positive Twist. HealthyLife.net dot
1: Welcome back to Truthiverse, folks. I'm Brendan D. Murphy. We are talking to David Parker and Dawn Lester this week on HealthyLife.net radio. And unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap it up in a super power one-minute closing session. Guys, firstly, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. It's been a really, really interesting talk. And I know that you've done amazing, very comprehensive research into the history and the science of disease and health. So, with, with that said, let's let people know maybe your concluding thoughts and takeaway message in about 45 to 60 seconds and also where they can find your book and follow your work. Okay, I'll be very
2: brief. Obviously, go to our website. It's uh, whatreallymakesyouill.com. Lots of information on there and uh, videos, interviews that we've done, various articles that we've put up there. So, a lot of free stuff. Obviously, we hope people will buy a book. It's available worldwide through Amazon and uh, most online booksellers. You can get uh, a Kindle version of it. So if they don't want to buy the book, which is quite a tome, they can get a Kindle version, which is obviously a lot cheaper, uh, but all the same information. So we do urge people to look at that, look at our website, and uh, you know, realize that uh, you don't need all these lotions and potions and vaccinations, certainly and that having a healthy body is very easy. There are a few rules that are quite strict about what you eat, what you eat put in and on your body, and what you expose yourself to from chemicals and electromagnetic radiation and excessive stress, which, of course, is are big at the moment. So we explain all this in the book, so uh, do look at it. Take back your power, and in particular, take back your health. It's very easy, but you need to do it. Okay.
1: Thank you so much, guys. Uh, it's been great having you here. And uh, I think we'll have to have you back for another session uh, because it was just not long enough. Thank you, ladies and gents, for listening to this episode of Truth Averse with David Parker and Dawn Lester. I've been your host, Brendan D. Murphy, on HealthyLife.net radio. I'll see you next episode. Thanks for tuning in to Truthverse on HealthyLife.net radio. I've been your host, Brendan D. Murphy. And you can find the show notes and video for this episode at truthverse.com. For more of my work and my writing, head to brendandmurphy.com. And remember, my friends, that freedom begins with truth. See you next episode. Rock on.